Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. This is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm really happy to be in London. How comes? Because I've come all the way from Margate. And? And uh, <laughs> the train was very slow. Yeah. And I turned up late. You've been stressed, haven't you? I have been quite stressed. But you know what? It was worth it because um, I watched a video on the train yeah. of the artists we're about to meet. Yeah. And uh, I actually ended up feeling incredibly like romantic and kind of happy and positive yeah, about joyful creativity um because actually a lot of the messages he has are exactly what you and i are both mainly focused on like yeah. inclusivity yeah. anti-elitism yeah. and accessible also poetic kind of the power of art to kind of change lives and also to document your own life yes and uh, make the world a better place yes so our artist <laughs> who we're meeting today has come all the way from America. Yes. And you discovered the work where? I discovered the work because there was, there's a whole um, thing set up with galleries called Condo, where certain galleries kind of allow other smaller galleries or galleries from international places to take over their space and use them to show work. So there might, you might be seeing work from spaces where you'd never really access at all. So there was a, a condo, which was the Adams and Ullman Gallery, which is based in... Portland, Portland, Oregon, and Oregon. I, I actually bought a Catherine Bradford painting from oh, them. Oh, you did, the little which, Superman. The little Superman, which I posted this morning. Right. Yeah. So they had their, their condo was at JTT Gallery, which is run by Jasmine Sue, which is in uh, Manhattan, New York. And I saw the work come up on their website and Instagram and instantly fell in love with it and then Googled intensely uh, this artist and then fell in love with his work and again, watch videos like you and fall in love with him. And it's uh, incredibly exciting that he's in London and we've managed to pin him down and come on Talk Art. So I guess we would like to introduce... Jeffrey Mitchell! Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> it is evening. How are you, Jeffrey? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah? You've yeah, been in London for how long now? About two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. I got, I got here on the 20th... Well, I don't know. That seems like it's just over 10 days, so two weeks, yeah, nice. I'd say. So you're here because I've just been to the V&A and yeah, you've that's got right. a show that's part of a group show at right. the V&A. So that's, that's right. what you came into London for. That's right. And yeah. it's your first time in London. It's my first time in London and it's a beautiful town. Yeah? It's, yeah. What do you, what do you find so beautiful about mm, it? Mm, 
come from the West Coast in the United States, and the history is something. The uh, art is amazing. The architecture is great. It's uh, public transportation is lovely. Oh wow! Great parks and public spaces here. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like. You are perfect for the tourist board. Yes, yes. No, you know, it's fun to be a tourist here. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, I, I I love London, and I still feel I'm from Essex, which is kind of East London on the outskirts. And for me, I still sometimes feel like a tourist when I'm in London because I get as excited about it. And there's a phrase. Uh, called He Who Is Tired of London Is Tired of Life. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I agree can, with that yeah. completely. That makes sense to me, totally. Right. No. So you've been at the V&A and you've been part of a, a group show there. How did mm-hmm. that come about? Mm-hmm. Um, through friends, I started uh, showing with a, a man named Peter Ting, who's raised in Hong Kong but lives in London. Mm-hmm. And um, he and his Chinese partner... Uh, have a studio in a town called Dohua, which is the home of a kind of porcelain called Blanc de Chine. And it is like when Marco Polo went to China in 1271, he brought back a vase, a small vase. And that's, it's in the uh, treasury at San Marco in, v- in Venice. And that, it stu- that sort of started the European... You know, that was the beginning of European interest in... Like the dynasties. So, yes, so in, in, what, what in sort of, Chinese port. what sort of dynasty it was? Would it have been... No, 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 it's super... It's, it's like proto... I don't know which dynasty, but... Um, uh, or dynasty. That's uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tomato, tomato. it is really... Yeah, it's proto, it's proto porcelain, but, you know, like it started this sort of back and forth trade between, between Europe and China. China wow. in terms of interest in porcelain. And have you seen this in the flesh? I haven't seen it in, in the flesh, but I have seen a lot of uh, porcelain that's made in France, English, England, and Germany, like Meissen or... Yeah, uh, I've got two dogs here shuffling around. Yeah, I might have to move them good. in the bedroom in a second. Um, and they, they started making copies of the Chinese porcelain because it was so popular, and then the Chinese started making copies of you know, European porcelain for export. Anyway, it's a, it's a long tradition of uh, a kind of back and forth uh-huh. in artistic ideas. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, that's so, a, that, and that's the term Blanc et Chien? De, de Chien, meaning Chinese white. No, not oh. Chien. Blanc, D-E, yeah. de, I don't speak French. Yeah. And then Chien is C-H-I-N-E, which is China. Oh, I see. So Chinese white. I thought it was white dog. Okay. No, no, no. That's... Because no. I, I looked at one of your ceramics uh, there was like, yeah, a, like a white yeah, yeah, yeah. dog. Yeah, it is. Like another dog <laughs> well, I was say, that's a big theme in the work. So I guess that's why you made that association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a good quite title, a nice though. World, wordplay. It would be good, yeah. But I, I first discovered it in, um, when I went to school in Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Art Museum. I don't know if you've ever been. No, never. But you should go. They have the, um, the room dedicated to Duchamp, and they have the, the big glass and a bunch of other really key oh, wow. um, pieces of his, yeah. plus an amazing collection of, you know, international treasures. Um, and they have a very small room with a collection of Blanc de Chine, and this was like in the late 80s I started drawing these figurines. Right. And then... Never thinking I would go, and I got to finally go this past spring and make work in China. At, oh, you in did? In this town, in this town that, yeah. Doha. 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 I mean, again, I don't speak Chinese. That's, uh, <laughs> I think that's how you either. say it. Yeah. But, uh, and it, there's, a, there's a more major, the imperial kilns were in a place called Jingdechen, uh-huh. 
and that's a much bigger town, and they produce a lot more. And but Dohua uh, produces this very fine and specific and rare kind of porcelain. That is so interesting. I work with a ceramicist from Frankfurt in Germany, oh, yeah. okay. and he is called Sebastian Stürer. And mm. last year, he got invited by a collector in um, Hong Kong called Caroline Chiu, okay. um, who wanted to take him to Jingdezhen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, he went there and did a kind of a uh, few weeks what you, there. What did he think? Learning with all the different. Um, you know, makers there and different kilns and all these things. And it, it sounded like such an incredible Did it change experience. his work? It has changed his work. And he actually just did a show in Hong Kong um, relating to that experience. And the whole show had works that were inspired by China and by that whole history of ceramics because it's such an interesting and unique perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think he also felt like he wanted to go back to his studio and kind of interpret it his own way mm-hmm. because he like you um has a very unique approach to making art that isn't necessarily as strict as all the rules that you might have right. in those kind of histories right. and, yeah. yeah which um i guess you've made a decision in a way to break free from um and make these very kind of instinctive gestural expressive sculptures yeah. um which kind of speak very directly from the soul but in a different way to that tradition of much more rigid kind of um which is equally as powerful and beautiful right but kind of um a bit more is there more rules with that kind of more rules yeah okay. exactly and more kind of um educational rules somehow okay. to it like you learn mm-hmm. a discipline and then you 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 go down that route of making that become like a genuine it's like a ceremony i guess like the tea ceremony or something for example mm. when they make their ceramics it, mm-hmm. it's like a, a ceremonious thing there's a lot of you know there is a um i would say they're more like artisans than artists or what we think of as artists yeah. so that they are they they are taught a certain way to do something and then that's the way they do it mm-hmm. so it's carrying on a tradition and they are really good at what they do mm-hmm. but it from what I can tell from very little, you know, three weeks in China, um, it doesn't make sense to them really to to work outside that. Got it. Yeah. So, like, I uh, worked with a couple people. Not Mainly I made the work myself, but um, one woman who was amazing was a flower specialist, and she could make – well, I don't know if you saw Peter Ting's, like, yep. those peonies. She – Peter's the designer. She makes the flowers. And so. Peter Ting curated the group show that you're in. Yeah, well, the he's, uh, yeah, he, uh, no, Xiaoxin uh, Li is the curator. Uh-huh. But then Peter's the one who kind of was the contact for all That's the how I, involved. yeah, learned about right, right, right. the whole thing, or Xiaoxin learned about my work. So, um, so these flowers were, she made these, and that's. Uh, this woman, this artisan, this woman who showed up in like evening wear every day, she worked, uh, she was amazing. Rode a, rode a motorcycle from the country right. and um, lovely. Not, I mean, I used my phone to translate, uh, but Peter also is totally bi- bilingual, so it's, uh, he translated a lot too. But she, um, my work is kind of ham-handed. You can tell thick and stuff, and she would make these ex- really exquisite petals that were almost as thin, the clay is almost as thin as the actual petals. So wow. I got to use a few of her flowers and stick them in. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, with my, with my work. It's a collaboration. Too. So it was, a, I guess, of sorts, yeah. So did it change your work then, working like that? Yeah, I think I want to, it makes me want to make a different kind of work, maybe, or one that has a different kind of attention. The, the porcelain 
that porcelain shrinks an incredible amount. So do you know what shrinky dink is? It's a plastic you draw on, Uh you put it in the oven, and then it shrinks maybe 20%. I think I used to do that at crisp packets as a kid. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Make them into key rings, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the miniaturization creates a certain kind of charm to the thing, and that's what this clay does. So it's like... I do want to make some more work in China right. uh, with this clay because it is it is charming. You get a different kind of detail, and it's a, it's just strange uh, feeling. Compared, I usually use like terracotta right. with uh, like a white slip on top yeah. uh, to mimic porcelain, but not. It's kind oh, of oh right. So you mold it. So it's like a clay. Yeah. Right. Oh okay. So how long have you been working with ceramics? Uh, you know, I took I I took classes in grade school and high school and then i uh i was trained as a printmaker not as a, a ceramicist and then I, right. I bought a kiln in the, in the 90s sometime and just started making clay that you had at home uh, yeah oh, exactly right. yeah wow mm-hmm. but also i previously i lived in japan for a while and taught english and in my young 20s and then i worked for a potter in japan so that was kind of a education of sorts yeah and I've always felt that with your printmaking and your drawings, there's such a direct reference, um, you know, a connection between that and the physical kind of sculptures that you're making with your hands in a different way. But you can totally see that they're from the same universe. So in a way, even if the sculptures came later, I think all those years of paint, uh, drawing and yeah, printmaking, I... you have such a great kind of way of creating a universe in, the, in a way that you can see. And then that translates into the sculptures. The, I would say my, you know, the overarching practice is, is more drawing than anything else. Yes. So I use paper and ink or watercolor or printmaking techniques. So I would say like the overarching sort of practice is a drawing practice. Yes. And whether I do prints or watercolors or pencil and paper or clay, I think it's all a kind of drawing. So Yeah, that makes total sense yeah. to me. So that's, um, drawing is my main my main thing and the themes that you seem to seem to reoccur are often animals so you can think mm-hmm. of like bears and then elephants mm-hmm. which i know you like to spell with the letter f not ph mm-hmm. which was very specific um but also the one of the things that really struck me and why i love the work so much is the the repeated motif of flowers mm-hmm. which is what you were talking about from being in china mm-hmm. and what led you to want to sort of have that as a recurring motif or was it just a subconscious thing that happened I think it was um, initially when I was, I mean, in my young 20s, I think it was reactionary to uh, a super formalist, minimalist, modernist sort of like getting rid of decoration and adornment. And uh, I want, so I wanted to return to something florid and and decorative. Yeah. uh, To be, you know, contrary, maybe. Uh, and then, then I, I mean, I don't. I no longer feel I need to be contrary to use, you know, flowers as an image. And it seems, um, well, it's a motif that every, almost every culture. I think every culture uses floral motifs, except maybe like way up in the Arctic or something, um, as a decorative motif. And it's, you know, it's about it's about sex and death and uh, continuation of life and you know, springtime and. All those things, I mean, which seem like great uh, subject matter or great uh, things to talk about. I heard you talk about it before as well when you described time passing 
Yeah. And I just got, yeah. I thought that was such a great mm. description of the idea of flowers and then yeah. time passing. Because right, it's right, so right. true, isn't it? And yeah. like the way that if you have a bunch of flowers that sit on the table and then day by day how they start to decay and that kind of very gentle but very strong kind of message that comes from that somehow yeah, that yeah. time is passing. I mean, the, um, you know, I had a friend uh, whose son tragically was killed uh, at 19 and, um, and how she got through that grief, and I don't know that she's gotten through it, but the, um, the thing that she said to me was that the, the relief came or comfort came in, in watching her garden and that, that sort of passing of time and how uh, in constant flux it is and how everything goes through its cycle. And I do think that that's, instead of kind of a religious sort of uh, hope for eternity, looking at the natural world and, and the vegetable world and flowers specifically is, yeah, there is a real beauty and comfort and, uh, and a kind of acceptance maybe too as you watch your bouquet on the kitchen table. Drop its leaves. Drop its leaves, yeah, yeah and petals. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually that's something that I really, that's actually all just sort of made sense to me now is this idea that in your work, even though you are using these motifs of flowers, they're not literally representing what a flower looks like. No. They're more like soulful expressions of a flower. Soulful, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're much more soulful than that, huh. which in a way is the, what we were talking about earlier with um, you know, the Chinese history of making ceramics where you have certain rules and then you follow it and then you, you reach perfection almost and you can get to the top of your game and be have greatness you know, by making the most perfect porcelain. But perhaps that what you're trying to do is such a different kind of exploration because it's more about somehow trying to trying to f- make physical the interior emotional world and the way that you feel. It is, and it's. I, I was thinking about it. I think it's um, in making certain things, and flower is one of the, the things uh, that works this way, I feel better. You know, that I get somehow, if it's, I don't know if it's just brain chemistry or what, but by by working with these, say, cartoony animals mm-hmm. and or, or even the way that a cartoon works, you know, mm-hmm. or a cute uh, stuffed animal or something. This, the cuteness, the, the joy, the delight, uh, it, it is, uh, I would say, almost physical that you change, or a puppy, or a dog when you see it. I mean, that kind of thing, you actually do change uh, mood. Neurologically in some ways. Yes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and where that's located, I'm not sure. Uh, but that's, uh, I think... With flowers, that's what happens. And then returning to an image, um, there's a comfort in not having to be uh, constantly inventing, like what's the next move going to be, but returning to a, a practice, a meditation kind of thing where you just do the same image over and over and over and over. I was actually just talking about that recently with David Shrigley because oh, he yeah. was talking about the idea that if you're an artist, you go to art school and then eventually you work out whatever it is your project is. And he doesn't mean a project as in like something right. that's just a little project, but like as in your life's project. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, the ones that often get best known or whatever are the ones that have a very defined clear project and he kind of realized what his was and then we were talking about tracy actually and talking about how she often does the female nude and Mm -hmm. the portrait of herself and how as a project that is such a wonderful very focused project because she's returning to the same shape over and over yeah mining it over and over again which is exactly Mm -hmm. what what you're doing with your work 
And, and I really, now I'm 61, so I really feel like it's only lately that I can trust that, um, that it's, it's fine to have this beloved subject matter and yeah. just go back and it's... Um, I think that comes of anything creative, though. For myself, I'm 30, about to be 38, and I think throughout my life as an actor, I always doubted what I was doing, I wasn't sure what I was doing, and then you get to a certain point, you're like, oh, you know what, actually, I think I... I'm, I'm trusting my own instincts now. Mm-hmm. And you normally have your own instincts and you fight against them. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you fall into your own instincts, I feel like now I've done that, my career feels like it's kind of uh, easier. Do you know what yes, I mean? And choices right. are coming up and I feel like, right. okay, now it is. And I yeah. think that when you accept that whatever it is, you're there, your body's, your soul is telling you to put out in the world, then everything becomes a bit easier. I think that's right. And I, and I can feel that in your work. And your work is joyful, which must mean that you're a joyful, beautiful man inside. <laughs> as well, it's so joyful. When you describe it as like finger painting and mud pies, mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm, it's as if mm-hmm. a child's made it, mm-hmm. but it's so moving. I find them incredibly moving. That's sweet. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I'm seeking. I think it's a, um, I think it's therapeutic. I mean, I don't think I'm always joyful, obviously, no. right? And full of fear and doubt. Yeah, and, the current uh, climate especially. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and that's a place I, you know, that's one of the magic powers of art is that you can, it can create a place, like in, in any circumstance of, uh, you know, joy or happiness mm-hmm. or if, if, if only momentary, um, and do you fall into a sweet spot when you make the work? Do you go into like a trance-like I do, zone? actually. You do? Yeah, I do. I mean, I make a lot of work. And um, so I work, you know, I work from morning till late afternoon. These are the rules you've set yourself? Uh, yeah, ha- mainly habits. I okay. mean, it's I'm not a super disciplined person. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I do have these habits. And then work until maybe four o'clock. Right. Because that's what they say about writers is that they always say you should write first thing in the morning when you're still slightly subconscious and the best writing comes out. And so Mm -hmm. I guess with making art, if you're Mm -hmm. making something that comes from your subconscious, Mm -hmm. it feels a good time to make it when it is quieter and the world is still Mm -hmm. kind of of, um, recalibrating in your mind. Right, right. You know, a friend of mine in Margate's just had kids and he's an artist and he lives behind my house. And he was saying that the only time he's able to make art right now is between four and seven in the morning because the kids are asleep and the world is asleep. So he can focus. And whenever I wake up and I lift up my blind in my bedroom, I always feel complete guilt. No, I feel real (laughs) guilt because I'm like, I've been asleep and he's been working all all the last four hours. I feel like super lazy. Even though I've been. Has that changed his work? I don't know, actually. I will have to ask him. Has it changed your work? Working? in the mornings and then not going into the evenings so much i don't know i think i get more done you do i think i get more done and then that that the early morning when the world is asleep is um it's not smugness but you do feel like i don't know You're winning the day yeah a little bit <laughs> early bird I, yeah. I, I understand yeah. that sometimes when i get up early you feel a bit exhilarated by yeah, it yeah 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 and not even if you're doing exercise early, just like, you're, do, you're, like you're a bit of a better human than everyone yes, else exactly. you've, you've got more time to play with yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. how do you fuel yourself in the studio what is it you give yourself uh well i what i drink i used to drink coffee now I, now i make iced tea every day okay so i i have what i call my ice making practice uh-huh. and i have ice cube trays and a plastic container so i always have fresh ice 
and then. But brew. is it a whole like process, like a like a? Yeah, it only takes thirty seconds. Oh, okay, but, right. but you know, I, it's that is my discipline. Like I make new, I make fresh ice every day. And are the ice cubes animal shaped? No, like no, 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 the, the, no. They should be. Yeah, they should be. That'd be cute. <laughs> So I stay, and balls. then food-wise, you just... Food-wise, whatever. You know, I eat eggs for breakfast. I mean, I love pancakes. Me too. Um, My God, I love pancakes. I, I, I kind of... I used to drink a lot of beer uh, and work late into night and drinking tons of beer. And then the, now nowadays, I really pulled back on that. But I've replaced it with pancakes in the morning. You've replaced beer with pancakes. Yeah, I yeah, think that's a good yeah. <laughs> Do you share your studio with anyone? Are you there by yourself? Um, well, I've been working in LA at a, this really at Cal State University Long Beach. Uh-huh. Uh, I was there for eight months doing a residency, and that was a. Sh- I had my own space, but you know, it's a room with eight artists in it, right. and and really good artists. You should, if you go to LA, you should check it out. Like there. Um, Simone Lee made a bunch of work yeah. there. A woman named Ruby Neri. I don't know yeah, if you know Ruby Neri. Yeah, yeah. she's going to have a show in New York, and she's making work that's yeah, she's a formidable with the, the breasts on the really women good. Yeah, she's with David Kordansky again. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, uh, Anna Sukhoi. Like? Um, she works really hard, right, and doesn't talk a lot. I think you know she was kind of like a, a skater. Okay. Uh, you know, like Run, Bay Run Area, sort of, right? yeah. Uh-huh. I think she was a graf- on a graffiti crew or something. I'm just guessing. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know her that well, but I'm kind. I kind of have a crush on her. She's very, yeah, sweet. And the work is like becoming monumental and so yeah, good. yeah so good. Huge. It's really. I think it's really evolved in in the time I've seen the ceramics, especially because I pay attention to that. They've really gotten better and better. And and she's kind of. Oh, She's covering like the history of figurative sculpture in a way, even though it looks super poppy and yeah. kind of cartoony at first, it's like really interestingly uh, deep. Uh-huh. I think there's lots of layers to it, like class, super classical up to kind of romantic sculpture and to a more punk kind of spray. I mean, she does spray paint the finish or airbrush the finish on. But that relates so, to your work because that, that seems yeah. to be describing your own work. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, I'm. I'm very interested in art history, and yeah. that that to me was a, um, I guess, super important because I feel like I didn't live in places that had much culture mm-hmm. available, mm-hmm. and so when I did go to school and went to Philadelphia or New York for the first time, I was enthralled with art history and mm-hmm. museums and that world. So, what was the first museum you went to? Um, I think it was uh, the Vatican Museum <laughs> in dog, Rome. We've got a dog who's having, he a, having dr- a dream. He's having a dream. He's, He's having, having a, a running dream. dream. Cooper, wake oh, up. So that's so cute. Shh. Cooper. <laughs> Sorry, what was it? What no, was the first no. museum you went to when you got to New I York? I think the Vatican Museum. In I went to school in Rome. Ah. I was When I was a student in... I went to a really conservative Catholic school in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I graduated high school in North Dakota, which is the middle of the country, middle of nowhere. Um, cold? Super cold. Right. Super cold. Then I went to, went to college in Dallas, and they had a program where you could go to Rome for a semester. So I went there, hmm. and that was, I think, the first museum I went to, which that's, you know, talk about power and... 
Do you think that was an inform- my, informed a lot? Yeah, of, absolutely. You do? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I think my interest in figurative sculpture probably happened there. Uh, and actually, today, we've been talking on Instagram, and you've been sending me messages of images, and one of the things you sent me was a really beautiful marble mm. sculpture of a lion, like right. asleep with a figure or something. Right, right. And I thought that was the most amazing picture. Yeah. And I actually love Instagram, seeing Instagram through the eyes of an artist. Yeah. And I have an artist called Tila Heinzman, who's a painter from Germany that okay. I work with, and okay. he often sends me updates. And they're not always art-related. Sometimes they're to do with the history of like soul music or oh, interesting wow. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, the way that he uses and looks at Instagram is so different to me. because I think as an artist especially a visual artist I think you all interact with it very differently to us and I love all the things you've been sending me well that's good I I I, at the risk of irritating people I (laughs) things because so many different things come across my feed and I don't know you guys must get everything if you have 16,000 million followers yeah. or something. <laughs> Just over but, that, yeah. But, um, he probably gets pictures of himself sent to him. <laughs> it's the algorithms like yeah, you, like Russell Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, so you want to so share, share them? them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And well, it, they're appreciated. And people, you know, the, I do have a kind of a group that I I share it with and um, and then they send you know, things that are interesting to me. And that was but. actually, that's kind of the nice side of Instagram is this generosity of like sharing something that you think is Content. going to enrich somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. I think sharing gift, images of it? art mm-hmm. is a really yeah. generous thing to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So talking about fig- figuration and, and figurative um, factors in your work, you have a, a series of motifs, the characters that reappear. So we talked about the elephant, but there's also like a little avatar of yourself who mm-hmm. seems to appear mm-hmm. alongside. Mm-hmm. And then you have these... Um, <laughs> You have the flowers we talked about, right, but the, right, these right. motifs, where do they come from? Because the elephant reminds me of like Baba. Sure, that is. That is Baba. It is, and um, uh, as a kid, we I'm from a big family, and we moved around a lot. And so we moved every couple of years, and uh, the rental truck that my father would get to move us in, the logo used to be, I think it's Ryder. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's an American brand. The logo used to be a mother elephant with a baby elephant holding the mother's tail with its trunk. And that was on the side of the the van. I don't know. You know, who knows where this stuff comes from. But that could be one kind of like impression because it's a super cute image. And... um, And it just was connected to, you know, moving is kind of traumatic. Yeah, horrible. Uh, Yeah, horrible. Horrible. Yeah, but so I think that could be it. Um, And then um, uh, maybe we should talk about the gay thing because these, uh, I think the art making, when I chose these subject matters that were contrary to maybe what was uh, current Mm -hmm. or in uh admired uh or by the people around me i think that it was um it was a way to kind of get at without being really direct a gay subject matter so it was it was an indirect way of revealing my personal story that's so interesting and you know one of the reasons I think I've connected so strongly with your work is the subtext or the unsaid. It's almost like a subconscious gay perspective or gay male perspective on 
the world or something or on how we feel or that there was some yeah. share or at least I have a shared mm. outlook mm. perhaps to what you have or, mm. or something which I after a while of analyzing why I was feeling so strongly towards the work mm-hmm. it's definitely something to do with that yeah that's interesting there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, I mean, I come from... the the era where gay men are still connected heavily to only to interior design and or hairdressing or I mean these certain kind of cliched right sort of areas you know and that they have a lot to do with the decorative or with fashion or with feminine sorts of impulses maybe and uh, and so consciously and or unconsciously I think that that's motivating the the choice to use those images and motifs and uh and even like almost like playing with dolls act out a narrative in the work that then gets kind of so overly decorated that Mm. it it gets camouflaged so they're they're incredibly theatrical yeah they're like right they're they're stages yes they they are indeed they are and the more you look at them the more they reveal themselves Mm -hmm. and the more you can read into them Mm -hmm. and you describe yourself on your instagram as gay folk artist right right that's your kind of handle which i love (laughs) but how but what motifs do you think in the work are saying that i have the gay perspective the message that you kind of couldn't get out but you did it through the art uh, well, there's uh, exclusively male figurines in it, uh-huh. if they are, and the ele- you know I don't know elephants yeah. and flowers. I don't know. It seems sort of gay. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I bought a little it, ceramic it of yours, and it's like a man masturbating with mm-hmm. another little man in the bright gold hat sat next to him. Yeah, I think sort that's of, pretty gay. Sort of, focused, it's so. pretty. It's <laughs> pretty. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's sort of like dream dream world. The uh, uh, I was going to say too about getting up early in the morning, and, and you talking about writers having that sort of yeah. transition from the subconscious into the conscious waking mm-hmm. world. Is I have a really active and memorable dream life, which is uninteresting to everyone else. But I, you know, I my dream experience is as real to me as any memory of lived experience, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why the morning is working well for me now, wow. too. I mean, I think that your comment about the writers is not dissimilar to my experience of just getting up. And I have a kind and of... using that. And using that. Yeah. And I feel motivated, energized, and and usually really happy. 
you know, in the morning, in general, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, another thing I feel in your work is a kind of longing or a sense of trying to make sense of emotion. And I think when you're growing up, especially if you know you're gay from quite a young age, which I know that I did, I think you can often feel like you're kind of so different to everybody else somehow mm -hmm. that you almost start to look at um, art or or you I obsessed over music yeah. as a, or dreaming even mm -hmm. and daydreaming mm -hmm. as a kind of escape mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. your feelings of you know feeling unhappy Depression about like, all, all yeah. that stuff yeah. yeah and it's almost like it's what frees you and I remember daydreaming all the time as a kid and that's kind of what led me to writing poetry or writing songs or being creative and then getting obsessed with music and art but it was a kind of escape from from what I was feeling mm. and I think that that longing and that kind of sense of dreaming mm -hmm. is what I connect with in mm -hmm. the work that's exactly what it is yeah that's that's really right on i think that's absolutely true uh one step back from what's going on in the, the world around you you know where you're not welcomed or you, you fear you're not welcomed yeah but unlike outsider art say mm -hmm. or art that's come from um you know, outside of an education system or outside of an art world or mm -hmm. that's, you know, free of all those things. Mm -hmm. I don't think your work is outside of art or anything like that because when you see the installations that you do and you're, the way you put together an exhibition, mm -hmm. that was the other thing that really convinced me about you as an artist. I, mm -hmm. I was really impressed by, um, is it the Henry? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that museum mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. was incredibly well installed yeah. and so conceptual in a way as well. Like, and you have the this kind of, duality between the very free subconscious um you know pouring your soul out onto the page almost through clay mm -hmm. but then you also have this very intellectual rigorous um conceptual side mm. and you can see that in the installation so how important oh, is good. installation for you mm. or, or is it not it's, maybe i think it's it, it's the challenge no it's i think it's the challenging thing and especially the because i'm not um working in isolation as an outsider and because I do show with in a contemporary art scene, um, things become legible through those things. And one's awareness of the art world becomes legible through installation, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like yeah. I will indicate like, yeah, what yeah. I'm, I mean, if I'm referencing other contemporary artists or even though it looks kind of fo folky or merely folky or decorative mm -hmm. or playful or you know juvenile i also need to contextualize it somehow so that you can read uh other other layers or meanings in yeah, the work no, definitely. Yeah. yeah and also it's responding to the art world and the shows that you've seen and all of this yeah. it's part of that whole language and dialogue yeah yeah that's yeah. interesting who are your influences and who are the people you look at or have looked at or are looking at um Oh my God, I have my mind blown in London. Go on. So I saw, I went to William Moore's gallery yeah. and saw the Madge Gill show, which she's an outsider artist, English artist, um, working out of trauma, uh, childhood trauma, but making incredible, energetic, uh, explosive tapas. You didn't see that show, no, did you? No, no. Um, and then uh, the same day I went to the Barbican and saw the, the Lee Krasner, uh, the Lee Krasner yeah. which is, they, there's a lot of overlap there. And, you know, she shows, a, I mean, it's a, it, it was a great show. I mean, I think it's down now, but um, incredibly rigorous sort of like laying out of like her 
importance and like she shows up to be the better painter really than Jackson than Jackson yeah um and uh that building blew my mind the Barbican yeah yeah, yeah. I oh, mean it's if you like architecture brutalism of that place yeah, is it's phenomenal like, yes it is really one of my favorite places lovingly to walk totally done and it has a kind of uh surprising warmth and yeah. it's like organic and and designed to the nth degree, Absolutely. like and a vast kind of project. And London has a lot of interesting architecture. Uh, I went to John Soane Museum. Museum. Yeah. I love it. It's really uh, strange. It's really strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to put yellow windows in my uh, in my space. Now. It would actually be it's a great like, place for you to have a show because they they do contemporary art exhibitions oh, within. Oh that yeah, space. they did. They had there was something in the. Downstairs in the kitchen, that was yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's really interesting how different artists take on that space. Mm-hmm. It's also similar to the uh, Sigmund Freud uh, Museum, which is uh, in North London in uh, Okay, oh and wow, that, that one as well. A lot of artists like Sarah Lucas, Louise Bourgeois have all done oh, shows, and they're often psychologically driven. So that would be mm-hmm. another great place. Okay, uh, we're going to get you loads be. of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. That's oh, good. I'm so happy that you're loving London and it's your so good. Yeah. And we went to the Serpentine just this morning. And so those two shows, um, Faith Ringgold R- and, yeah. yeah. And I did not know Luchita's work at all. I didn't either. And it was, it was kind of great. Uh, I loved how misfit it feels. like, And yet, in the end, like she's so inventive and yeah. so like uh, confident in doing this very frank kind of sexual stuff and the text pieces. And I don't know, I was really impressed. And great to have that, you know, seal of approval to be yeah. in a, a, such a such a great place as the as the Serpentine. Yeah. yeah have really you made good. work in London since you've been here? Drawings or anything? Uh, yeah. Have you? Yeah, I have a I have a whole sketchbook full of do stuff. Do you? Yes. So do you draw and all the time? All the t- yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, oh. I would say I'm prolific. Uh, I mean, with different gr- degrees of finish or and success, maybe depending on how you judge that, but. Um, and now I can't wait to to go back and start making them. and start making do, some. Do you work. see them as sketches for finished works yeah. in clay? Uh, yeah, ceramic. You do, and I'm That's so cool. I actually have an opportunity to do some cast metal uh, coming up, which I've not done before. So I'm really looking forward. I want to make some cast iron like furniture, and we'll we'll see. Oh, wow. I've not done it because I saw so. you work with glass. There's a video on YouTube where you made. Oh uh, yeah, that was that's so glass hard. That's so yeah. hard. I mean, what would you make if you? I'd probably make Rocky. You made an elephant. Well, yeah, I know. And the the gaffers, (laughs) the gaffers, you know, Seattle's kind of a glass center because of Dale Chihuly. And there are are lots of really, really talented, um, you know, craftsmen there. Mm. And they can make almost anything, but glass is, I think, really hard medium to work Mm -hmm. in. I think if I went back, I would just do functional. Things glasses, just glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, tableware. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. the kind of thing I, I would do. Is more like uh, things you could actually use in the everyday house. To put a candle in. The for idea example. of making like a decorative glass animal just isn't really. Yeah, You've got them I mean, two big blowfishes in your house. Yeah, and they're from by an Murano amazing Spanish from, artist. Are they from? No, they're from he's a Spanish artist okay. and a dear friend of mine from Spain gave him them as a gift. Yeah. And they are so eccentric, but so mm-hmm. quite, they're actually quite genius. Mm-hmm. And since I've moved to Margate, I think they finally found their home. Like because they actually feel, the yeah, because uh-huh. I'm near the sea. Okay. And they had these funnels coming out of them, which sort of in some ways relates to your work because you, You'd you really always like return them. to I'll the motif pictures. of like the candle holder in the elephant. Right, right. have seen that right. here a lot right, in your right, work. Right, right, right. 
but do you actually want it to be used as a can of sure. hot dogs? Yeah. You do. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, yeah. these ones, the fish, are for wine. I think you're supposed uh, to decanter white. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like carafes yeah. or water jugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I obviously never used to drink alcohol much, but now I do. So I need to start putting wine Filling in. Filling that, that up with booze. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good idea. That sounds and like you know, a nice Talking yeah. of um, Chihuly, I can never say it right, but that, yeah, is that right? right? Yeah, that's right. Um, he has a show at the moment at Kew Gardens. Oh, really? And I was actually thinking the other day about, I would actually quite like to go and see it because I'm obsessed with Kew Gardens. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's this no. amazing, no. Um, I don't know if it's, it's like an estate, but it's it's got incredible plants and old, old oak trees and just, it's the most <sighs> incredible thing. And I went recently with... Um, Vivian Westwood's uh, husband, Andreas, wow. and the designer, Bernard Wilhelm, we all went together. Oh, yeah. And they, oh, they yeah. apparently go there a lot. And yeah. I think Vivian Westwood loves it as well. Oh, and really? I think you would really get off on it because of oh, all the plants. Yeah. They have like all different plants from all over the world and it's a really amazing place to go. But what they've done is they've located all his glass sculptures throughout the estate. That's and it's awesome. in kind of West London, you know, not yeah. far from like Chiswick or wherever or mm. Richmond. Um, but... Uh, it, I, I, for the first time, his work made sense to me. You to know, me, it's always I, been the kind of thing my family might like. It's kind of a bit yes, conservative. Yes, right. And it's but, super popular. And yes. I, I'm a fan, but it is like um, this, people find it dismissible because it's so popular yeah, and decorative. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's, a, he's pretty amazing, actually. But I, I kind of like the idea of taking it directly into nature like that. Super and smart. And how yeah. beautiful it all becomes. Mm. It, it looks very elegant, actually. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. I quite like it when you have that. You have a preconception that you don't like something. Isn't it great? Or you shouldn't like Isn't something. Yeah, art, and then, so yeah exactly. For years, for years, I just ignored Ellsworth Kelly. And then oh, suddenly, yeah, right. I Ellsworth Kelly. I was like, I fucking love <laughs> Ellsworth Kelly and it's affected everything. Why? Uh -huh. How can you ignore uh -huh. this? But then also, it sends you on to tangents. Right. Like whole kind of art movements, which like, say, for example, the Chicago Imagists. You suddenly fall into that trap and you're like, oh, shit, shit. I didn't even know this was here the whole time. Oh, no. It's like falling uh -huh. into a rabbit hole, isn't it? It's That's like you can so good. That's knowledge. so good. Ray Yoshida. I mean, there's so many good uh, moments of, of reversal. What do you call that? Um, oh, you know, I, I was at the uh, portrait gallery. Yeah. And I was not going to go see the Cindy, Cindy Sherman because I thought, eh, I know the work. It's good, but not, you know, whatever. It's just like, not a shtick, but kind of like, what else can you do? Yeah. And I, I said, no, you're, you're in London. You should see it. And it was like, oh, it is really amazing. Uh -huh. Like, and it was really well curated. And I, you know, that's not someone I think about, like, in terms of Your art. my yeah. art or anything, but the show was so good and it was so great to be, uh, what, have your mind changed, your perceptions yeah, 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 yeah. changed. Yeah. And actually, that's a sign of a great show then, isn't it? And that's yeah. also yes. why curation is so important. Yeah, it's yeah, so Because important. you can reinterpret right. how people well, feel about something. If you take something, something for granted... Yes. And then it's like then reassessing re it, isn't it? And going like, oh, shit. I Do you need know, to, yeah. I went to see the Cindy Sherman show with a friend of ours and I left it feeling completely weirded out because um, I just thought it, there was so much darkness yeah. and kind of gruesomeness yeah. Yeah. within it. Yeah. Which I knew, you, obviously, there's elements of that, you know, where she does all the masks and, you yeah. know, and all, all of that element to it. But it wasn't even those works that were freaking me out so much. It was a lot of the early work mm -hmm. that I found, like, it was there's something scary, so, right? like, freaky about mm -hmm. it. Like macabre, and it really it? disturbed yeah. me, actually. I, I left disturbed, actually. Yeah. But the, in, in, a, in a good way. Like, in a kind okay. of, in, okay. you know, yeah. in, yeah. I've been disturbed, but in a kind yeah. of powerful way, mm -hmm. which shows no, the power of powerful. Her. Yeah. To me too. Yeah. 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 No, it's not a it's not um cheery or uh No, not at all. No. But I love that about it. Yeah, I mean I, no. I I like that it was so dark. 
Um, so we ask every guest that comes on the show two questions. Okay. One is um, if you could do an this. art heist. You know this one. Um, <laughs> I love the fact uh, that you've been listening to talk about really really it. And you know, it's, it's such a hard question actually, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So if you could do an art heist, take home any artwork you like from anywhere of uh-huh. any kind and we can help you with yeah. uh, cranes. Shipping, packing. And forklift trucks, which I've just yeah. found out this week, are actually really difficult and problematic and expensive. Okay. So if we can get you a forklift truck, yeah. I will do that I'll, for I'll you. I'll drive it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Finding someone with a license in London with a forklift truck is actually harder oh, than you'd wow, imagine. Dust. Yeah. Uh, I, I settled on the Florence Stettheimer has four um, paintings in the Met, and it's a series called Cathedrals of art cathedrals of broadway cathedrals of wall street and cathedrals of one other thing and therefore she was a um what's her name again florine stettheimer okay and she's a contemporary of duchamp and kind of hung out in that circle and i think was like a princess german princess or something but she did these paintings and when you see them they're in custom like scalloped gold frames the they're from the, frames, they're probably yeah. from the I'm trying to think, 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah. They are. That's that's going to be it. That's my choice. Is it mainly because of the framing as well? The scale. Well, framing, framing figures into it, but she's someone who has kind of. It's she's super sophisticated, but they have a kind of a almost Grandma Moses sort of folky charm, and she has a cast of characters. But um, palette is really high key oil painting, like. Uh, Kind of looks like Ensor, maybe. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you collect? Do you buy art for yourself or do you swap trade? Uh, you know, I, I, I buy art when I can. Yeah. And it made, a, it, it made a huge difference once I started paying. I have swapped art too, but I actually like paying for it. Yeah. Because I like being paid for my art. Oh, you do, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And somehow when I bought it from another artist, it just that whole thing, that exchange made sense. Like it's it's worth it's worth it. And what have what have you bought? What do you live with? I bought I just recently bought something by um this guy named David Bird. Mm-hmm. He had a show at White Columns yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um he's now passed away. But um and who who the other oh I just traded with Amy Adams for a Charles Birchfield drawing. Right. Which is like... How old is that one? Yeah, that's probably from the 40s. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And otherwise, I, I, I trade and buy work from artists in Seattle. So you probably wouldn't know them, but... Uh, Would there be classes outside of artists there? Or? No. Um, they, they're, they're working within the Seattle art scene and, mm-hmm. you know... Talk. What's that like? Hmm... Okay. It's getting better. It's getting better. You know, Seattle. Room the, for improvement. There's room for improvement. Okay, cool. Like compared to Vancouver and LA, yeah. it's not not as. Uh, what? I don't know what. You know what? It the will people, end up being the epicenter, you know. People, people, yeah, people, really people don't, you know, like for as much money as there is in Seattle, yeah. they don't collect art. And they could, be, they could put together really nice collections because everyone's work is still pretty cheap i mean gary hill is the most internationally famous artist and he's right. a video artist i don't know if you know the word right. but um dale's super famous but otherwise people don't 
Uh, to be honest, I've never once thought of Seattle it, with our contemporary art. I just don't. I've never thought about it. I thought about I it a lot with, with music, coffee and music. When I was in my band, right. I spent a lot of time doing gigs there. And also, you I did. went to one of the best concerts. It was the best concert of my life, which was Prince in the tiny theater, the Rainbow Theater, or something. Or was it? I it's saw. Called? Did you recently? No, not recently. It Four was years. I mean, like two thousand and three or something and it was with candy dulfer the amazing saxophonist oh. and who i knew actually so that was partly why we were there to see yeah. her play but um my dad took me i was with my parents and he managed to get us tickets on the black market and we ended up sitting front row on and the it black was market yes yeah, on the black market um, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh it was during his rainbow children al- album well, which was yeah. quite i think jehovah's witness yeah even. yeah but right at the end of the concert he spent mm-hmm. about two hours doing the whole of the rainbow mm-hmm. children thing mm-hmm. and at the end of the concert he did this hour and a half set of like every hit he'd ever done and it was the most transformative experience Church. of my life Church. i saw him uh with the three girl backup band about oh, yes. Not that long ago. seven six years ago yeah. in a club that held maybe 400 people or something yeah, wow and it was um he was perfect he was transmitting a you know some metaphysical mm. like Hard. energy yeah. and it was so um yeah a, a a singular experience for me like the best I don't go see music that often, but that was, I'm a huge Prince fan and, uh, and have even done a lot of work about Prince and lyrics from Prince songs and stuff. But, um, really? And he's been, gone into your work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In what way? Mm. Titles or? Yeah, titles and lyrics. Wow. I mean, I've done some text pieces with Prince and done some praising Prince sort of, uh, you know, as a hero kind wow. of thing. So yeah, cool. fan art maybe. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so and talking of artistry, I mean, he's another one. You know, we were talking about different he disciplines. Is, he is, yeah. I mean, yeah. like he he was really good at what he did, and he practiced. And I mean, now I, after his death, like on YouTube, a, a lot of things came up of just like rehearsals and stuff. Mm. Uh, and I was just yeah, I'm like super impressed. And I I saw an interview with him where he said the person he admired was Bruce Springsteen, because which surprised me. The boss. The boss, because his band was so tight, and he watched Springsteen like interact with his as a band leader, and how responsive his band was. And I was like, like that was he, being a musician was really important to Prince, I guess. Very you know? much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's anyway, good. I anyway, we spoke yeah. about Prince. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always good to get Prince in. <laughs> uh, the other question we ask everyone is, what is your favorite color, Jeffrey Mitchell? I'm I'm going to answer it this way. My favorite color to use is a Winsor Newton watercolor called Rose Doré and it's a it's a pink a kind of corally pink watercolor. So, um we use that for the ceramics or for I use it in or... for drawings oh, for right. my watercolors, yeah. Wow. But otherwise I don't know. And why why that color? Mm, it is it has a warmth to it and then it carries all it's it still carries pink. And the mean well everything that pink means, uh, but it has it's not candy colored. It has a I don't know, it's a little more embodied uh, than other kinds of of pink. Yeah, softer and pink. Relating to you, kind of claiming the gay. Yeah, that's thing, yeah. gay and body and you know, lips flesh and well, flesh and yeah. 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 But is what kind of pink is it? 
It's is, a, is it pale pink? Or it's is a it, corally pink. A coral pink. So okay. it's kind of got yellow in it, which is the doré part, maybe like golden pink. I don't because know. Because interestingly, after you mentioned Florine so, Stettheimer, yeah, she has. That. I I didn't. I don't know the work at all, but I'm learning right now. Right. But there's lots of pink. There's a lot of pink. In, in these there's works. a lot of pink uh, and white. And the the yeah. other cathedral is the Fifth Avenue one. Oh yeah. Okay. That was the one right. I think you missed. So it's like shocking. But look at all the pink. Mm. And also, this makes total sense. With your yeah, whole, yeah, well, you can imagine yeah. this the, being. The, well, it's quite busy, isn't it? The business of your it's work, yeah. super busy, right? But I could also imagine your sculptures like sitting here somewhere. And <laughs> it's yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah, it has a kind of ecstatic sort of energy to it. So, do you know what uh, else I like about it is that it reminds me of those kind of um, religious votive. Yes. Yeah, it definitely uh, has that devotional votive. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're amazing. Do you do you see um, working with ceramics like drawing with clay? Yeah, 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 and that's how I, I, I think that's how I approach it. I mean, uh, sometimes I do just draw directly in the clay because mm-hmm. it's a great surface to draw into, like leather hard. They call it leather hard clay, so it's not super soft, but it's not bone dry yet. And so you can draw and make an incised line in it. Mm-hmm. And so it has really like one thing about drawing is. Uh, the drag or the resistance, you know, like, is it super slick? Like drawing on plastic is different than drawing on wood or drawing mm-hmm. on, you know, plaster. But, and clay has a nice sort of resistance that then yields, uh, which is, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you, and you like cartoons. Do you watch cartoons now or did you... Did you grew up watching cartoons. I know you said the elephant motif on the... Mm-hmm. I... Now, but... I what I love about cartoons is um, uh, stylization is uh, – how do I want to say this? It, I mean, at first you might mistake it as being a, a uh, easy way to kind of depict something, but in fact the stylization is super sophisticated and that's just something I admire about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But, oh, sorry. Go on. You, 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 there was a, a word in your interviews that come up a lot where you say your work is doesn't have a lot of virtuosity. Right. Right. Which means a great technical skill. Right. Right. But I disagree with that. Uh-huh. It, feels like, it feels like there's so much technical uh-huh. skill in your work, but uh-huh. I guess because it feels so easy for you, you it, don't feel like that is right. And that was sort of the uh, the. Uh, it, an affect, uh, you know, like, and that's the thing I like about cartoons. There is a virtuosic thing that looks like it's simple, um, but the but the stylization and the reduction of something to a, a few kind of like curves or arcs, um, and and working on the same image for forty years or something, you can do it in a way that no one else can really yeah. do it. And again, right? you probably take that for granted. Because yeah, it's so that's easy. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And that's actually the stuff that the stuff that you find easy is the stuff that you should probably lean into. That's because right. Someone else wouldn't find it easy. Yeah. And also, right. before we started recording this interview, we were talking about the memorial yesterday for Joyce Pensato in yeah. New York. Yeah. And she's another artist, I think, who looked to cartoons, but she wasn't necessarily interested in cartoons as a form. It was more this idea of just the shape and the image and mm-hmm. then also somehow what it meant Americana yeah, wise taking and, like yeah. exactly and making it like have an intense human yeah. uh, sadness emotion, as well yeah. and right. emotion and depth sadness to these, for yeah, sure to these characters yeah but, um, 
Yeah, I, I loved her for that reason, for the fact that she just kept mining the same kind of you didn't, image over and over again. But yeah, I would love to have seen her paint because the the they're so the energy few, is on YouTube. There's a few videos. Is there yeah. of her painting? Yeah. yeah, we went to her studio lots of times, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, saw saw, I didn't see her work. Never saw her actually painting. Mm. Mm. But there's definitely. I feel like I have because I think I've seen videos of it. Yeah, you have seen videos. Yeah, yeah. Wow. and also um, when you did photo shoots with her, because she used to dress everyone up who visited her <gasps> studio. Oh, really? And you'd have to like pose and model. You were oh, you were no. one of her models, really? yeah. and she would dress you up, and she would decide what you're wearing. It was amazing. Did she have a and box full way, of clothes? Yeah, or something? and the way really? she did she that, she spent a fortune on these things. She used to have like Dior, like Gucci, <gasps> like. Like, it was very high low. Blingy, yeah, because like, you you meant to look a bit kind of mafia and gangster, but like yeah. heightened versions of it. Yeah, but, uh, but when we when we had that, I, I did it on my own. I did it with Russ, and we did it a few times. But whenever I did that, I felt like you were getting to witness her creativity because yeah. she was very specific wow. yeah. and she would put you together. Yeah, you know, like you would when you're making a painting wow. or something. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, that adds another layer. Yeah. Uh, and when I made a print with her for Save the Children. Uh, we did different color versions of it and she was adamant that the one we went with in the end was the one that was her you know so we had like a, a silver version a gold version and a black and white version and they all looked incredible but when I showed them all to her she was like nope the one that's me is this and she knew the exact you know she yeah. was totally really definite about it yeah. yeah and I loved that as well the kind of as all artists have you know when it's your right you know what your work right. is and right what, yeah do you have the do you have the photos of you dressed up in these yeah 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 we can share yeah, them with you yeah will you put them on, on the instagram, instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh good okay 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 you dm good. us some images good, good, good. of things that inspire you and we're sending okay. these pages. okay yeah. i will do so what's next for jeffrey mitchell um i'm gonna do cast metal right at, at washington state university in Pullman, oh, cool. Pullman, washington so i don't know i've never done it before so i'm uh it'll be an experiment great and but, how long is the show up at uh, the vna here uh, until may Oh, until May. It's up for a long time. Great, so people have got, definitely got yes. opportunities to go and see it. Yeah. Is it free to yeah. get into that? It's free to get in. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And we're going to post a really lovely picture of Russell there because I haven't had a chance to go I'll yet, but you. I will I'll go very soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so just, just so they know, there, there are some drawings on the first floor. Of in yours? The, in the Chinese gallery. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then there's the ceramic work on the fourth, on the fourth floor at the end. And which gallery in the fourth floor is it in? It's... So I think ceramic, it's so. 146 or something. <laughs> I, if you if you go in, it's on the. Um, well, if you're looking at the, at the building, it's on the far right end. Like it's in a really beautiful room with the dome. So it's at the very end of the hallway. It's stunning. Yeah, it's really so. stunning. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. What a thrill that you're here and you love London. Uh, and you're all I'm about, so glad you've, you're you've had a for the wonderful tourist experience board. here. Yes. And like yeah. you were saying, it's the same language, so it makes it slightly easier. Makes but then it it's easier. actually there are differences between the way we speak. And I've been understand really uh, resisting the impulse to affect the British accent. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> oh no! Whenever I get to America, I just go full American. Do you? you yes. can, well, you're an actor. You can do yeah. it, right? Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you can I, do I it. go for breakfast with Russell in New York, and he just starts ordering in American. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like practice makes perfect. That's, good. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Practice makes perfect. Lovely message to end the show on. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been such a privilege to yeah. meet you. And I what really is, hope we get to come to your studio one day and yeah, spend I hope more so. time with you. Yeah, let us do so your studio in Los Angeles. Well, now. It it was, and now I'm relocating back to Washington State. Okay, so cool, yeah, great, yeah. Well, Thanks so much. You are full of joy, and we adore you. And we are going to post images. Everyone needs to get on top of Jeffrey Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to post yeah. images of Jeffrey's work and of the VNA show. And um, what's your will... Instagram handle? Uh, it's just J E F F R Y 
Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. Great. Everyone Jeffrey should follow Mitchell, that. At Jeffrey him. Mitchell. And you can follow the gay folk artist yes, <laughs> himself. Of dreams. Of dreams. And uh, lots of love, everyone. We'll be back very soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Bye. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.